Yankees win. The Yankees win. Welcome to NY Fly Zone, a first-class podcast. It is time to feed the fleet. What is going on, Fleet Nation? Welcome to episode 49, and I'm Brendan. And I'm Jared. Welcome back to the show. We have a great show for you planned today. Both our teams got the dub, and it's just it's a great time to be in New York football, I must say. Uh, how was your weekend, Brendan? Weekend was good. I had two of my boys come up from home, and then we just kind of just hit the bars, chilled, mm-hmm. obviously watched the game. I saw you at Mahoney's, and you were leaving, right? Yeah, bro. I, I was down bad, not going to lie. But uh, it was it was a fun time this weekend. went to uh, drink some beers in the city at Oktoberfest. Um and watch the watch the Giants win early morning Sunday, but my Mets did get eliminated from the playoffs, so I'm glad the Giants picked me up. Wait, so how was Oktoberfest? How did that work? So basically, it was like uh, I was on the pier, pier 15. Go down, we made a reservation, and it was just like German themed food. They had German beer, got a big uh like stout glass. It was um, and it was uh, it was a fun time. It had a lot of food, jumbo pretzel, mac and cheese onion rings, a sausage. So it was just a fun time. Nice, nice. It sounds good. And let's get to the other side of the water, the Giants and Packers. Now, last week I was like, I did not like, you know, our shot at these Packers. Um, they were the number one seed last year, but the Giants go ahead and take a 27-22 win, which is which was pretty surprising for me to find out. Um, I... I actually made a bet before the game. It was a Bellinger anytime touchdown, a Lazard anytime touchdown, and the Giants to cover the nine spread. It was five to win uh, 170. And after the second, when the second half hit, the two touchdowns uh, were uh, made, but the Giants were down like seven and, and I wasn't feeling it. So I cashed out, but it still, still made a profit, but, the Giants, they surprised me this game. Daniel Jones coming off the injury, 217 yards, no interceptions. Saquon Barkley, 70 rushing yards, one touchdown. Um, this rushing attack by the Giants is something special. And we are turning kind of into what the Titans have been the past couple of years with Derrick Henry. And we've got to do a major shout-out to the defense here. I mean, in the second half, we limited Aaron Rodgers to two points. And that's only because of a safety that we intentionally took. Um, so he and Rodgers had a lot of love for our defense, which is great. Sexy Dexy, as we like to call him now, Dexter Lawrence, coming in with a lot of pressures on the game, batting a ball, batting a pass deep in the fourth quarter when we really needed it. Um, this defense, man, is putting on a show. Dable has just been an incredible like presence on the bench in the locker room. He was all fired up. I was fired up. Can't believe we got the job done. And I'm gonna say this Giants team, it's a good team. It's a good team. I, I, it took me. This was like the game that you know put it to switch. That they, they're, they're a good team. They, they should be considered trash. Um, and that they, people are gonna respect them now when they play. Yeah, I mean the the Giants going across the pond, playing in London against the Green Bay Packers, getting it done. 
with a final score of 27 to 22. As you said before, Daniel Jones was, uh, he was doing his thing. I mean, I definitely like seeing him in the passing game. He uh, came up clutch in some crucial situations. I mean, this guy has no receivers, ladies and gentlemen. You know, obviously, mm-hmm. Tony hasn't been utilized this whole year. Obviously, he's been hurt a lot too. He's been hurt, hasn't really been utilized. And then, you know, uh, Shep is out. Shepard, yeah. Shep's mm-hmm. out. And then Galladay just has his own, you know, drama with the whole organization right now. So for him to go out there and to still make a statement and to still win games is definitely incredible. Mm-hmm. With the Giants being four and one, who would have thought? And I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't have a bad game. Like he, he went out there and he had two TDs, two touchdowns, 222 yards, an overall quarterback rating of 96.3, 64.1 completion percentage. And uh, yeah, it, it was interesting to see how you guys lined up and you guys held into that game. I mean, you need, in order to be a good football team, you need to win in crucial moments. And that game came mm-hmm. down to the wire. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers had the ball in his hands you know, operating a two minute offense and your defense was able to clutch up. And I, f- I forgot who got the hit on Aaron Rodgers, but I was holding my breath when he was about to throw that Hail Mary. I was thinking like, if anyone is going to do a last minute Hail Mary to win the game, it's this yeah, guy. You're, you're right. You're right. But you know, this defense, man, it's just, they're coming together really well. Um, I think we've allowed the least amount of pass completions in the NFL. I saw um, it's just something, it's just like, a group of guys coming together, really. Our interior, our D-line is looking pretty special with Dexter Lawrence, Kayvon trying to get his footing in, Aziz making his way back from, you know, injury still. So this team, and Dory Jackson still doing his thing, and we all saw what Darnay Holmes was doing on the bench. My man, he was he was having a good time out there. Um, but going back to Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones, he has the most game-winning drives in the NFL this year. He is um, his his run efficiency is third among quarterbacks. Uh, he's on target on target percentage is sixth in the NFL, and his QBR is fourteenth middle of the pack. But he's also the most pressured quarterback in the league, and I think since he's winning these games while being the most pressured quarterback, I mean I feel like a lot of it is skewed from that Cowboys game when they just had like the most pressures like ever against the team. But still, our O-line, other than Andrew Thomas, who graded out as the best left tackle for according to Pro Football Focus, um, it still it still um, needs work, our O-line. And if our, we could just keep, keep building on our O-line, Daniel Jones could be even more of a threat. At one point in the game against the Packers, the Giants had seven people blocking for Daniel Jones so he could make a pass. And it worked out. We had Barkley going on a bootleg. And um, we found Slayton on a slant. So it's just the schemes that, you know, Dable is working with. We're not trying to make Daniel Jones into Justin Herbert here. We're not trying to make him Pat Mahomes. We're making him Daniel Jones, who he is, which is a, a, a quarterback who can run with the legs, who is accurate with his passes, and could put it in the receiver's hands to make a run after the catch. So I think that's really did it. Like you mentioned, our wide receiving core is not that strong. Like these are the guys that he's passing it to. Darius Slayton, who's known for drops, but played pretty well. Uh, Barkley, who's a running back. Uh, Bellinger, who, you know, he, he, he was a no-name. Richie James, no-name. 
Marcus Johnson elevated from the practice squad, three catches for 35 yards. So it's just, just making plays when it really counted. Daniel Jones is really making a case for the Giants to bring him back next season. For sure. And he's taking care of the football. He's doing everything that he has to do with this organization to get wins. And 4-1 and one definitely speaks for itself. And the Giants' next game is going up against the Baltimore Ravens. I believe you guys are at home. Jared, how do you feel about this game, and what does Big Blue have to do in order to get this win? So I think that we're at home. It will be a nice rest of fresh air. Um, and we're, we're running a high right now. We, we just took down the Packers, who were, you know, MVP last season, number one seed. We beat in both number one seeds of last year, this year already which is something to say for us. Um, and the Ravens, their their defense has shown in the second half to not step up. And we've been a second-half team this year. we got three game-winning drives. The Ravens barely squeaked one out against the Bengals, 17-19. They lost to the Dolphins. Um, they lost to the Bills. So I am I'm not, I'm not, the Giants are a good team. Ravens are also a good team when everything works together. But I'm, I'm going to give it to the Giants here. You know why? Because I'm a believer of our scheme, of our plan, of having that home field advantage. You know, we've been pretty good at stopping the run this year. And if we could keep Lamar Jackson in check, if we could have that QB spy, maybe we put McKinney on him or Julian Love just a spy on Lamar Jackson, make him have to throw the ball deep, make him have to hand it off to J.K. Dobbins, who isn't 100% yet, then I think we have a good shot of winning because we already know who we are as an offense. The Ravens, they are a run-first team. And if we could limit that, which we have with the Panthers, who had Christian McCaffrey, the Titans, who had Derrick Henry, and even the Packers, who have Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, I like our shot here against the Ravens at home. Yeah, the defensive line needs to come out for you guys. And um, Big Cat's coming back, so that's a huge plus for you guys to have him uh, on the defensive side of the ball, stopping the run. But I think you hit the nail on the head there. I think the Giants need to go out there, protect the football, play how they've been playing all season, get the run game going on Saquon. And they need to prevent Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson's very slippery in the pocket. He can maneuver around. He can run for first downs. He can manipulate defenders with uh, his movements. And he can also sling it. So this Ravens team, first in the AFC North, is very competitive. I think that mm -hmm. they are great all around the ball. Mark Andrews as tight end. Obviously, the receivers is probably one of the most points that, that they're lacking there. So hopefully your corners can go out there, lock them down at the line of scrimmage, and prevent a lot of passing yards in that manner. But – if the Giants can get this win and if they can approve to five and one, I got to say, what a what a crazy start of this of this season for Big Blue. And for them to go for them to be already four and one right now, I think gives them a, a huge confidence boost. Mm -hmm. I think it gives this young team, you know, a sense of culture in in East Rutherford, New Jersey. And I would I mean, it would be crazy if they, if they could come out here and beat this this Ravens team. Yeah, this this I, the Packers game was definitely a statement game, but if they could beat the Ravens, then then they're legit. Then then people are gonna be like, wow, this team could actually make make people turn their heads. Um, we're tied right now at the top of NFC East with the Eagles and Cowboys. NFC East turning into NFC East beast. 
um, right now <laughs> with the three best teams in the <laughs> NFC right now. And shout out, shout out Wink Martindale, defensive coordinator. I found the stat. The Giants defense has allowed 91 completions, the fewest in the NFL, and their 59.1% opponent completion percentage is seventh lowest. We're just a different team now. And I got to say, Brendan, and let me get to this quote from Aaron Rodgers on Dexter Lawrence. Uh, he said, 97 is a premier player. It needs to be probably get some more recognition, recognition for the ability that he has. That's good praise. Like, I don't see, maybe it's not because Rodgers faces my team, like he only faces them once a couple of years, but I haven't heard Aaron Rodgers like come out and like give props to their team, like another team member. So hearing that is a good sign. So that's got to be a confidence booster for Dexter Lawrence. The confidence for his whole defense. And I want to ask you a question: mm-hmm. How how uh, percentage? You know, zero to one hundred. The first five games of the season. What? How is the likelihood that Jones is back in Big Blue next season? As of right now. And if you guys are able to keep this up, I'd probably say 60% he's back. Mm-hmm. And I say that because it all depends on what your GM wants to do. And I've always said that Daniel Jones is like the Sam Darnold of the Giants in a sense where he was drafted amongst an old GM, which then was accompanied by an old head coach. Didn't really work out had losing seasons for majority of his time in New York. And then a new head coach comes in and a new GM comes in. And that's when the Jets moved on from Sam Darnold. But I think that that's mm-hmm. the difference between the Jets and the Giants because you guys kept you guys kept Daniel Jones. You guys didn't have that high second overall pick to take a premier recruit like the Jets did with Zach Wilson. You guys rolled out and you stayed with Daniel Jones. So I think more likely than not, if this continues, you guys will remain with him and see what what you can do with him. But this is where things get a little fishy because we don't know what your GM or what Dable wants to do with mm-hmm. him. We don't know if he's just a plug-and-play player just to get some wins, show the media and the world what Dable's system's about. We don't know if he's just going to be that intern quarterback. but. I, in order for him to remain in big in in the blue and blue and white, he needs to he needs to keep, continue to play. He needs to play just like this. Yeah. Jared, what do you think? Yeah, no, I mean, heading into the season, I would have given it a thirty percent chance, but now it's completely slipped thirty seven. Now, not now, I'm on the seventy percent. It's it's hard to find a quarterback in this league that knows how to win games. Um, we've seen it. The, the Panthers are struggling to do that right now. They've gone to like five different QBs, I feel like, in the past two seasons. And if Daniel Jones, he's has you know three game winning drives this year. He's like he's he's has like he's like seven and three in the last ten games he started because he had that injury, some some number like that. So he knows and he's shown progression. He's shown growth, which is what you want to see in a quarterback. Um, and also, Jones isn't going to cost us that much money. He's not going to be Herbert money. He's not going to be the Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type of money. And Jones shouldn't be expecting that. So I think if we get a quarterback who knows how to win games, who knows who knows the system, who is on the cheaper side of the ball, we could use that money to pay Saquon if, if we want to bring him back, which I think we should because he's healthy and he's a game changer on the field and gives us the money to, you know, maybe buy an O-lineman who's a free agent 
or buy another, well, hopefully another elite receiver. We tried doing that with Galladay, it didn't work out. But the money allowed us to make that move for Jones. So at this point in the season, four and one shown promise. Um, rest of the way, we got a couple games. We got games against the Texans, against the Lions, um, against the Commanders, who don't look that good this year. So I, I really like our chance to be over 500, sneak into the playoffs this season. And if Jones does that for sure, we can, we have to bring him back. So I'll give it 70, 75% bringing him back right now. I think you guys should bring him back if you guys make the playoffs or have a positive record. However, one thing I will say is that you it's harder and harder to win a Super Bowl without a top five, top eight, top ten quarterback. It's getting mm-hmm. harder and harder, and I don't think Jones will ever reach that point. I think that Jones will be a middle-of-the-tier uh, quarterback that is serviceable, that can win, that can put his team on his back and win games. He doesn't have that factor to push the ball 60, 70 plus yards down the field. He doesn't have that deep ball accuracy. He doesn't have mm-hmm. the ability to throw on the run as good as other elite quarterbacks. And I'm not trying to look down on what he's accomplished, but there always is that it that that factor in when it comes into contracting, when it comes into binding into something. So it all depends on what your organization wants to do and how well Daniel Jones plays himself throughout the course of the season yes sir i mean i agree i i agree if if the giants you know a playoff team they got to bring him back if they missed if they missed the playoffs they think about a little bit more definitely so moving on to the new york jets getting the job done against the divisional rival miami dolphins Tua rested on the sideline due to the concussion that he suffered, back-to-back concussions that he suffered. And Teddy Two Gloves, Teddy Bridgewater, was set to play for the Miami Dolphins. Sauce Gardner first play, did a little blitz, got right to Teddy, got the safety, intentional grounding, and Teddy goes down with an apparent uh, suspected concussion. Some people said, oh, the NFL reacted a little bit too quickly. He wasn't wobbling. The concussion spotter was a little bit too cautious there, but in precaution, Teddy was pulled from the game, leading third-string quarterback to go out there and play for the Miami Dolphins. Now, the New York Jets, I was pleasantly surprised with how they played. It was an absolute blowout in the fourth quarter. We saw a lot of things go on. Zach Wilson went over there, threw for over 200 yards. He had a rushing touchdown, but all of our touchdowns that – happened were on the ground i mean Brees hall went out there out of the gates firing he had uh over 100 yards or just shy of 100 yards receiving 100 yards rushing to be exact he had that 79 yard dump off uh run that was basically on the goal line he was breaking tackles juking around defenders and i got a little bit disappointed that we kind of robbed two touchdowns from him because he was on the goal line twice and then we brought in michael carter uh, but I mean, that definitely does affect the statistics, the statistical side from his point where he could have had two touchdowns and whatnot. But Michael Carter was the one who punched in those touchdowns, very elusive running back. And it kind of makes sense why we put in Michael Carter, given the fact of how elusive he is. And the Miami Dolphins defensive line uh, is very good. So I think Michael Carter's ability to juke around defenders to get to the pylon to get to the goal line uh most definitely was a good game plan and he was able to deliver 
And overall, I remember when we had Freddie Coleman on the podcast, I said to him, this is our statement game. I said, we need to show the division, the conference, the league, what we're about. And that this isn't just a fluke season. We can go out there. We can win. And we did that. And ultimately we got that victory and we were turning up. I mean, Carl Lawson punched out a ball, a loose ball that was picked up by Quinnen Williams and Quinnen Williams was stiff arming Tyreek Hill, the man that didn't want to come to our city, our organization because of <laughs> taxes, like taxes, which I get, but I don't know. I mean, the swagger that was portrayed by this organization. I mean, after sauce got that pick, his first career interception showed up the deuces, the Tyree kill. You got Michael <laughs> Carter doing the waddle in the end zone. I love it. I love it. Disrespect. Yeah. So, I mean, the jets are three and two. We have a positive record in October. We're playing meaningful football. We've had an extremely hard schedule throughout this course of the five games that we had playing the AFC North, one of the historically best divisions in football. Mm-hmm. Being able to get two wins in that division and one win against a divisional rival is huge. And even though that Zach Wilson did not get any touchdowns in the air, I still liked his what he did. I mean, he took care of the football. He's going up against the Miami Dolphins. And yeah. I know that the Jets went up against a third string quarterback. I know that the Jets didn't even go up against Tua or they didn't go up against uh, Teddy Bridgewater. But Zach Wilson is going up against the Miami Dolphins defense that has an incredible defensive line. They have cornerback mm-hmm. safeties and he was able to take care of the football. I mean, that's what you want to see. He had over 200 yards. I think it was 230 yards in passing and he had a rushing touchdown. He dove in. Mm-hmm. He, he was able to get reservations for six there. And that's just what I like to see. I mean, the jets, this divisional game is huge for us and we have to get wins when, when they're needed. Like there's not many times that yeah. to a Viola, are going to be sidelined. There's not many times mm-hmm. where even Teddy Bridgewater, for that matter, is going to be sidelined. So the Jets now are second in the AFC East, and we have a huge game coming up against the Green Bay Packers, a team in which you just took down in London. Here's the game plan. <laughs> Don't tell me. What do the Jets have to do? Well, first off, I just want to say what I learned from Freddie Coleman last week is that a win is any win is a good win. And you know the Giants go out, uh, the Jets go out there and beat a third-string quarterback, forty to seventeen. A Dolphins team that was Super Bowl contenders after the first three games of the season, um, and it's a lot of good things to see from the from the Jets. And you seem to be very happy for this win, as you should be. Um, but is it that statement game, even though it was a third-string quarterback? Is it a statement game? I mean, look. I still think that the New York Jets are showing that they that they have good energy and culture of them. And mm-hmm. I, I don't even care if it's a third-string quarterback. I mean, obviously that matters, but we blew the doors off of them in the fourth quarter. We dominated them. We won in all aspects of the ball. You know, we like look, we have two authentic, we have two rookies that are gonna be one of them will be, mark my word, one of them will be nominated for rookie of the week again. Last week, Brees all had it surprisingly just because the Jets fan base goes out there and votes for him that Houston running back who had like 190 yards or something and a couple touchdowns should have he, yeah he should have won it but Brees Hall won it so now we have Brees Hall right who had an even better game than the week before and Sauce Gardner who had a safety he had a sack he had an interception and he also held Tyree killed a 46 yards now listen 
I don't, I mean, as much as you want to say third string quarterback, they have Jalen Waddle and they have Tyreek Hill. You could do, you could run jet sweeps with them. You could do curl routes. You could do post routes. This is the most alleviating wide receiver core for any young rookie to ever walk into the NFL and start with. And the Jets were able to lock them down. And that's what I love to see. So either way, I mean, it's a divisional win. Like we, we went out there, we controlled the game. And I definitely do think that this is a statement game at some capacity for the least because we now have a positive record. We're three and two and second in the AFCs. Are you concerned at all? Zach Wilson, only 210 yards. A hundred of that is, is uh, credited to Brees Hall's uh, two receptions and no passing touchdowns. Are, do you, do you want to see him start airing the ball a bit more, get those touchdown passes? Or do you just think, hey, that's not his game. Let's let it, let's let it grow into that. Well, I think we've seen that it's his game. And I think we've seen that he can do it. I mean, rookie year, he was making... He was making Patrick Mahomes-style throws. He was making Aaron Rodgers-style throws with the Corey Davis 50-plus-yard bomb down the field. He knows that he can flash, but he also is learning when to do it when necessary. When you're trying to maintain a lead and when you're trying to put your organization to win football games, sometimes you don't need to do those fancy throws. Sometimes you need to just look at the first check down, the first progression, and that's what I'm seeing from from Zach Wilson. And the ability for him to calm down with the football, the ability of him to not play hero football or to, you know, just to instantly put yourself on Instagram reels, the ability to trust your other players to make to make plays. And I think you got to give credit to this Jets running back. If anything, I think this is a good thing because it shows that we have such a dominant powerhouse of of a running back room. I mean, Brees Hall Mm -hmm. looks like the truth. The second round pick, he's running people over. I mean, if if the Jets and if the Jets are going to go out there and win and if Zach does no touchdowns, I don't care because we won. And it doesn't really concern me because I'd rather see no touchdowns and no picks than than one pick. And or I'm sorry, than a couple touchdowns and a couple picks. I think his ability to take care of the football is good. And obviously, I want to start seeing his touchdowns rise. I want to start seeing right now he has one passing touchdown. He has two interceptions. He has a rushing touchdown and he has a receiving touchdown. So that's overall, that's overall three touchdowns, two picks. So, I I mean, I think that the Jets need to find the end zone against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers is going to put up a lot of points. I remember Zach Wilson's first ever game. It was a preseason game was in Lambeau field and he got the win. And I know it's a preseason game, but I think Corey Davis needs to be active. I think Garrett Wilson needs to be active. I would like to see Zach Wilson utilize his quarterbacks like how Joe Flacco did. I mean, even though that Flacco only got one win, he still was leading in pass yards. He was a top five leading in pass yards. But you got to remember, this guy, he's a second-year quarterback. The game of the NFL is extremely fast for him still, and he's, it's going to take time for everything to fully slow down. Yeah, no, I mean, look, the Jets are learning how to score, which is good for any young team. Um, The Giants struggled with that like the past couple of years, scoring a lot, and they go out and drop 27 on the Packers defense. The Jets did not even reach 40 points at all last year at all. So it's very encouraging. You can see the growth in their offense. Um, Zach Wilson, big prospect, played hurt, was hurt last year towards the end, was hurt starting this season. He still has room to grow, still has room to 
find his footing um, and start making those passes that we know he can make from BYU. And that's going to be with more reps with his wide receiving room, who, like you said, Corey Davis, I think was a nice pickup for them. But they also have to utilize their tight end, CJ Uzma and Tyler Conklin. I mean, these guys are uh, certified tight ends in the league. They're they're notable. They they are they've been reliable over the past couple of years. And I think uh, a rookie quarterback or a young quarterback's best friend is our tight end who can block and then just do a little dump pass or a little pass over the middle. You saw Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes. They've had that bond since Mahomes' beginning. And what does Kelsey do Monday night? Four touchdowns in one night. And just having that safety net, Wilson needs to find who he's comfortable with the most. Um, And that should be hopefully Garrett Wilson because he is electric when he's out there. So Jets defense looking good. 17 points, holding the team to 17 points. Is really nice. Glad Sauce got his first pick. Love to see that. Um, the Packers next week. I'll give you. I'll give you the game plan for the Packers. So, the Giants did basically was kept the game close second half, and then I felt like the Packers were playing to not lose, and you don't want to play that like that in NFL. If you're the Packers, you got to step on the Giants' necks. You got to go out there and show who a team you are. Um, if the Jets keep it close and like stay on the pressure, keep going to Aaron Rodgers, Sauce is going to lock up Lazard or whoever. You guys have – it's going to be a competitive game, I, I believe. It's not going to be a cakewalk for the Packers. Like They probably marked on their schedule to start the year. Um, these They're like, oh, we got the Giants and Jets back-to-back? Okay, I could circle two dubs there. No, it's not going to be like that anymore. That said, though, Rodgers coming off of a loss, he he's going to game – He's going to be in the film room. They're going to think of a game plan. They're going to work extra hard this week because they don't want to get they don't want to get their butt kicked by the Jets. And like, not being disrespectful, but it would be disrespectful. It, they would they would feel probably they would be shamed if they lost to the Jets um, because they were the number one seed last year and the Jets have been the Jets and they are starting to turn heads. But if they were to lose to the Giants and Jets, they would be a laughing stock. People would call them Mickey Mouse number one seed last year. Um, and drop them out of Super Bowl contention of racing. So the Jets, I say they keep it close. Packers, they're going to come out and win them. I think that the Packers can't take this team lightly. I want to talk about one thing that's very interesting. Jets offensive coordinator, Mike LaFleur, is brothers with Matt LaFleur. Rivalry game. What, what rivalry game, brotherly rivalry game. But wouldn't you think, that Mike LaFleur knows a little bit of inside information from the Green Bay Packers, a little who's, bit. Who's the older brother? I, I got, I'm going to go with Matt. I'm going to go with the Packers uh, head coach, simply because he already has a head coach gig, and he's been in the league for a little bit longer. So, yeah, Matt LaFleur is older, and Mike LaFleur is, is younger. But, listen, there's more film on the Green Bay Packers historically and Matt LaFleur's play calls than there is with Mike LaFleur and Zach Wilson. Granted, with the offensive weapons that surround Zach Wilson, he's on. This is going to be his third game back, Zach Wilson. Mm-hmm. And right, I mean, well, he played against the Steelers. He played against and won, and then he played against the uh, then he played against the Dolphins and won. So he's two and zero right now, and he's and it seems like the players want a ball for this guy. I mean, there's a sense of life in the locker room, swagger, culture. There's culture at one Jets drive. People want to play for Robert Sala. 
I mean, they really do. They're turning up. Ever since the receipts comment, we've had a positive record. I believe we're mm-hmm. three and one since the receipts comment. So players really want to go out there and ball for this organization. And there's a lot of film on this Packers team. And if the Jets can ingest that, and if we can really learn and take what the Giants are able to do, then I think that we have a chance here. And they're going to be jet lagged. They're going to be flying across the pond mm-hmm. in, a, in a very close game. And if they take us lightly, I think the Jets can come out here and surprise them. We have the ability to keep Rodgers on the bench with our running backs. We have the ability to tire out our defensive, their defensive line with our running backs. Both of our running backs can catch passes and, and run. And mm-hmm. both that, that just completely changes the defensive landscape and game planning. And we really need to see Garrett Wilson get the ball. And we really need to see Elijah Moore get the ball, whether if it's cross post routes, whether if it's, you know, in a slot, whether if it's sidelines or, or anything like jet sweeps, be creative. We need a very creative play calling game from Michael LaFord to get this game done. And Zach Wilson, he showed it against the Steelers commanding a fourth quarter comeback, which where he went lights out 10 for 12 in order to get that, to punch in that touchdown. We need to see. And so far, these Jets have been traveling well, believe it or not, when we got the two road wins against the Steelers and Heinz or whatever the new one is now. Um, <laughs> and also in the dog pound. So I know that it's historically hard to win in Lambeau, but you could say the same about in Pittsburgh. So I think the Jets are going to be juiced up. And think about it this way. If the New York Jets win this game, we are now four and two. And the next stretch of games that we play are after that, we're playing the crumbling Broncos a mile high. So Mm. that, you know, their question mark, that could be a potential win there. And then we have another divisional game on Halloween, I believe, or the day or the day before the 30th. Yeah. Yeah. Then the day before Halloween. And that's against a divisional rival, the New England Patriots at home. So if we could take home two of these games out of the next three and improve to a five and three record, come on now, Jared. That, that's looking good for playoff chances. That's looking good for the conference. And also, the Jets are in the in the fifth seed of the wild of, of the of the divisional picture right now, of the conference picture of the playoffs. I know it's mm-hmm. early, but if the playoffs were to come, we'd be in the fifth seed. The teams that have not been, you know, that have been underperforming so far, there's a there's a handful. The Pittsburgh Broncos, Raiders, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Browns, the Colts, you know, the Titans, the, the Chargers slightly. Like, like yeah. it looks pretty open right now. We mm-hmm. need to get our wins while we have them because this is we have the momentum. This is the early stages of the schedule before things get easy, before we play the Seahawks, before we play the Lions, before they play the Jaguars. Before we play these these teams with Achilles heels, we got to get these victories. And I think I think we could get it. I think we could surprise them. I really do. I think that let me give me a good point about the uh, the rushing uh, tire out the defense. The Packers did not have seemed to have an answer to our rushing touchdowns. We scored three rushing touchdowns. One with Barkley, one with Daniel Bellinger from two yards out, and one from Gary Brightwell from like about three yards out. So. And you guys had the perfect attack for that. We could do Wilson, you could do Hall, you could do, uh, you could do Carter, you could do Barrios again. So there's, you guys have options. If you guys get into the end zone, I could see you guys punching it in with the run a bunch of times. And you're right. Same with the Giants. We, there's some games coming up that are winnable games against teams that have struggled this year. And we have the momentum right now. 
we both had that momentum right now. So let's go on Sunday. Let's get these dubs against these Super Bowl contenders to start the year and prove the doubters wrong. Thank you guys for listening to episode 49 of the NY Fly Zone podcast. If you're listening, please make sure to subscribe on our YouTube channel at NY Fly Zone. Give us a follow on TikTok, on Instagram, on Twitter at NY Fly Zone. And leave us a comment. DM us. What do you want us to talk about? What are some stuff that you would like us to cover? New certain segments? Let us know. Yes, sir. Check out the YouTube. We upload the full visual podcast on YouTube. We got YouTube shorts. And like Brendan said, give us a follow on Instagram at NYFlyZone for everything. Use a link in the description. Leave a review. And have a good rest of your day. Peace. Peace. Thank you. This has been the NY Fly Zone podcast. We drop every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram at NY Fly Zone.